Welcome, everyone, to episode number 185 of the New Media Show. Of course, I want to welcome my co-host, Mr. Rob Greenlee, who is actually hosting today. So he should have done the intro, Rob. But <laughs> Well, you're the, you're the one that does the intro every week, so I figure I'd, I'd let you. But yeah, we're, we're doing this on the Spreaker platform this week because Todd's traveling. And so we're using the Spreaker streaming software right now to uh, to do this. It's uh, it's the Spreaker Studio for desktop software. So so, but we've done this before, Todd. So yeah, absolutely. So I you know I've been mysterious to uh, Rob on where I'm at, and today I'm actually uh, in Michigan with uh, with my mom. But uh, earlier in the week, I was all over the place, and uh, Sierra was. Monday, I see. I flew in. Yeah, Monday morning, met with the Podcast Detroit team. We're actually one of the members of Podcast Detroit. Saw their studio, and then uh, Monday afternoon, I got to hang out with uh, Seth Ressler and in his group for about an hour, and then I went back to the airport <laughs> and. Uh, I had meetings uh, the rest of the week, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, and then uh, last night I uh, flew back into Detroit and drove down here, and uh, so I'm, what is today? Today's Saturday, right? Yeah, whatever yeah. day it was. <laughs> so, um, but yes, yeah, so I'm here until uh, I fly out Monday morning, go back to Hawaii. Oh, okay. Well, so, yeah, been, been a busy week. Yeah, well, fall must be falling out there. You must be a lot colder than you're used to. <laughs> Actually, the weather's beautiful, and I'm uh, my sister has got, I guess, quite the complex here. She built a beautiful big house in the country, and then they uh, when they built the garage, they put a Rob. You ought to see this room. I'll take a picture and send it to you. It's like nineteen hundred square feet above a garage, and it's like. The ultimate man cave. Um, she uses it for her stuff, but I keep telling her, if I ever come back to Michigan, I'm commandeering this space. It's uh, it's beautiful, and I've got a. I'm sitting on a couch right now, looking out the window, looking at the fall colors, and uh, I feel the soybeans in front of me. And the only thing is, the internet just sucks here. So there's, I can do audio, but but no video. <laughs> well, thus. That's what's great about live streaming audio is that you can do it that way too, and it doesn't use as much bandwidth. That's for sure. But uh, yeah. So Todd, what's uh, what, what's been happening in your world? I know um, I've been making plans to go to Podfest Orlando, um, thinking about uh, podcast movements. So everybody has to commit early to these things, and so yeah. so things are coming together. And I know you're going to be at what FinCon, or your team's going to be at FinCon. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, we're going to have uh, just one person at fin- FinCon, and then PodCon in Seattle be up in your neck of the woods. Yeah. Um, I think two of us will be there for that event. And then what else? Jeez, um, it's crazy. Uh, of course, my daughter's getting married right around the same time as, as uh, the event in Florida, so I more than likely will not be going to that event. Yeah. So we'll have some people down there. We're going to have a table. Um, we didn't do a huge monster sponsorship on that deal. So, uh, we, you know, we did get a table and, uh, we're going to, you know, be there, you know, representing. And we are committed to podcast movement next year as a, 
I don't know, gold or whatever. This, there's three tiers. Or what used to be the second tier is now the third tier. <laughs> oh, is that it? So, okay. Yeah, yeah. So there's there's a platinum, gold, and silver. I think we're in it, silver or whatever. But well, anyway, that's yeah, spending um, spending mucho money. <laughs> yes. Well, you have to do that now with that event. That's for sure. And yeah. Yes, I'm gonna have a booth also at and, PodCon, and so I'm gonna be there as well. I mean, okay, that's cool. that, that's like right in my backyard. And I think yeah, and it was relatively inexpensive to do. So, and I think we're leaning towards a bronze sponsorship of the of the podcast movement conference. So I think that's where we're heading anyway at this point. And and we did confirm for NAB next year too. So we oh you did got yeah our, okay we got our contract in and uh, we're two booths down from Libsyn as it stands right now. <laughs> I guess so. Sylvester reached out to you. Yeah. Or yeah, yeah. And, I had that. Uh, I went ahead. I got and that email too. on that. <laughs> yeah. So, so he must be making the rounds. <laughs> yeah. So uh, get your booth selection. I think they, you know, Rob. I only think they have. Looking at the map right now, I'm you know it has me a little concerned. Um, I think they only have six booths for us. And and I asked him, I says, can this expand if there's more? And uh, he really didn't reply. So maybe we're going to be there in a mini task force to uh, represent podcasting at NAB. Yeah, six six spots is not a lot of spots. Um, no, not a lot at all. And they're 10 by 10s. They're not kiosks. I hope they would do like we're going to do a little island with kiosks, but apparently someone wants booths. So... You know the kiosk. What I like about the kiosk is you can have they're more they're more affordable, and you can have three to a kiosk, and it's just easy to do any B via kiosk. And if you're in a little pavilion where they have, a, yeah, uh, um, you know, a little working area or something, but maybe that had to be sacrificed based on the position that they got us floor wise because they did move us further up in the south hall. Not much, but we're were before the escalator on the top floor. Oh, okay. Well, that's that's probably a little bit better position than way in the back of the of the south hall oh, on the second yeah. floor. <laughs> Definitely. Yeah, yeah. So anything ahead of the anything ahead of the um um escalator is really good to be honest with you. You yeah. can't complain about that cuz people spend millions of dollars to be up front. Oh yeah, definitely. Yeah. Yeah. But it's. I think the last couple of conferences I've been down there, I never made it down to the South Hall. <laughs> so, um, which I think I is. I guess it all depends on. It all depends on what you're looking for. And if I yeah. remember correctly, the streaming, streaming TV stuff is right around the same area. So I, I really kind of need to get a hand. You know, we're going to commit uh, this year, and with the hope that it will grow, and we will. Because you know it's a different crowd. It's um, if you're going there to meet podcasters, that uh, you're, you're going to be sadly disappointed. It's a show to go meet companies, yeah, and and uh, big content creators. You know, so it's you know there will be a fair number of podcasters to go through. But you know, we'll change our signage and everything for NAB. We won't have the same yeah. signage. Well, it also it's really an event catering to the radio broadcasters. Really, right. at the end of the day, that's that's who really attends NAB is the is is the radio folks. So uh, it's still yet to be determined what they're going to do around the content side. Um, 
as far as sessions talking about the medium of podcasting. So they've been, they've been toying around with it over the last couple of years. I've been down there and, you know, with Rob and, and, uh, and I, I mean, you've been down there as well. So it's, it's been one of those things that, um, that they've been evolving on over the last couple of years. And so we'll see how, how deep they go this year. I think they, they really expanded their coverage of it last year. Um, so we'll see if they go beyond or if they just kind of stay where they're, we're at last year, uh, I think is the big question. You know, this, you know, this show for me is going to be a bit of a challenge because, you know, I usually go to that show as a, as a press and cover it for my podcast guru site and also really to reconnect with vendors and, you know, to find out what's going on in the live streaming. And, you know, I spend a full day, day and a half, maybe two days just doing nothing but doing vendor calls. So I'm telling my team, you know, I hey, you're, you know, we're going to have enough people there to do the booth because you know, I'm still a podcaster. And I, you know, I understand we're spending a lot of money to go, but at the same instance, I've got to be able to, you know, network at that show like I have in the past and can't, you know, they can't, they're not going to be able to have me there 40 hours in the booth. I, you know, I don't need to be there. I don't need to roam the halls for all four days, but I'm going to need a couple of days just to do regular my regular business stuff too. So it's kind of, it's kind of, kind of weird for me. Yeah. And yeah, I get it. I mean, it's, it's such a big show and there's so many things going on that you can get connected up with down there. It's hard to, you know, I mean, if we get a booth down there, that's going to be pretty much going to suck up most of, most of the, you know, most of the energy is going to go right into that booth. Yeah. And, you know, and I, I have a so, tendency to do a lot of interviews while I'm down there, too. So, yeah, yeah, it's it's going to be tricky. So, Todd, did you see this uh, <clears throat> this article that came out from Nicholas Qua um, in um, Wired? So he's I'm more, almost afraid to read it. Yeah. The title is The Three Fundamental Moments of Podcasts, Crazy Rise. Oh, lovely. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So did he get it right or did he get it wrong? Uh, he's kind of uh, it's kind of a mixed message. It it, it it kind of reads to me like he doesn't know what he's talking about. <laughs> so I hate to say it, but if you go go see the article, I can um, I can send you Todd the article if you want it to. Uh, is there any way you, uh, you can see links in your uh, Skype? Uh, just send it on Slack. Oh, on Slack. Okay. Okay. Yeah. I can do. Actually, you know what? I, I'm not logged into Slack on my on, on my computer, only on my phone. So let me. Um, All right. I, so I can send it so to was it in the was, was it in Pod to Pod or where was it? Uh, no, it's in Wired. It's in Wired. Okay, let me move here. back over to the computer. Here I go. So. So anyway, I'm sending it. So give me the Reader's Digest version here. Well, it's it talks about like right off the gate. This is the first uh, sentence. It says uh, the short history of podcasts, how and when and why they went from the nichiest, wonkiest content platforms to a star-studded, self-contained media ecosystem with hundreds of millions of dollars in annual advertising revenue comes down to three turning points, each of which triggered a wave of growth bigger than the last 
and only one, only one of which has to do with murder. <laughs> so, and then he says, right first, that, yeah, first came in in 2005, he said, less than two years after the launch of the first mainstream podcast. So, uh, when more Apple like less than a year, yeah, when Apple okay. offered more than three thousand free podcasts on iTunes, so yeah, yeah. So he's saying that the the big moment was when Apple launched in iTunes, essentially. Well, that 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 was an inflection point. Yeah, it was. But you know, the the mm-hmm. true trigger was. The launch of this medium was the realization in 2004 that this was potential and that mm-hmm. what Dave Weiner had put in in the RS 2.0 spec and what Adam Curry had, you know, you know, don't get me wrong. There were some other people that had some influence here, but yeah. without that dude, without Adam Curry, I don't care what people say, this thing would not have launched into the stratosphere. I get pushback yeah. from this all the time. Yeah. No, I and, I agree. That was the the thing that started. It wasn't iTunes. iTunes was like no, the second thing that happened. Yeah. But it was a major, I will agree, it was a major inflection point. But it also, at the same time, and I've said this many times over the years, and for those of you that don't know, there was huge, huge innovation going on in the oh, 11 months maybe nine, twelve, nine, ten months, really, that podcasting was really rocking mm-hmm. as, as I'm, you know, getting off the ground and going into the stratosphere off the, you know, shows were going from zero to 50 listeners in weeks. Mm-hmm. You know, so launching a show then because there were so few and the, the, the thirst from was so crazy, there was an incredible amount of programming innovation going on. You know, what Apple really did while they brought this mainstream audience to us and made the linkage easier between the then iPod, because there was no iPhone yet, mm-hmm. and, you know, to make that linkage, and it was a brilliant move by Apple. And, you know, we, we have to give credit where credit's due, but it killed all software innovation that was happening in the podcasting space. If Apple had not come in, I think we would have ultimately been a lot further down the road even today than where we are because development ceased essentially because people were not – there was was not an app ecosphere in the iPod. Mm -hmm. There were no apps. You had what the iPod offered. Yeah. And that came later. Yeah, and actually, Apple actually pursued, um, you know, a a a, a trademark um, I- issue with companies that were using the term "pod" in their names um, back in those days too. You, I mean, we have to be honest about it. I know a lot of people are going to go, you know, that's that's a negative thing to say about Apple, but it's the, it's the truth. Back then, they they went after, and many companies had to either shut down or change their names uh, back back in that time frame. So Apple was a good thing, but Todd, you're exactly right. It killed a lot of new companies, a lot of a lot of uh, companies that were starting up that could bring a lot of innovation to this medium that basically got snuffed out early. So yeah. you know, I am often asked, why do you call? Why is you know you called your parent company Raw Voice? That makes a lot of sense. 
Mm-hmm. And our first product that we launched was Podcaster News. It was supposed to be like a, a iReporter type of thing from CNN. It was way before its time. Mm-hmm. And then when we decided on the word blueberry, people asked, why blueberry? Why didn't you call your company pod something? And it was exactly that. It was right during that period when there was uncertainty if Apple was going to allow companies to be pod something. Why do you think Libsyn's called Libsyn, Libricated Syndication? They didn't call their uh, company a podcast-related company. They didn't make it a podcast name. You know, we all would have if we would have thought at the time that it wouldn't have been an issue. Um, but we were concerned about the copyright. And there was no one – hey, we, we have direct lines of communication today with Apple. Well, direct as you can get. You Back know, in those days, very, yeah. Uh, yeah, nothing, there wasn't a, wasn't a lot of a lot of contact between the podcast community and Apple in the early days. Um, no. I mean that that developed like in two thousand six and and beyond, but right right after they launched and just before they launched, there wasn't much contact that 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 I remember, Todd. No. Right between no, the podcast none. community and Apple. So. No, and and the launch of podcasting into iTunes became it was it was a shock we you know it was like it's it was you know it was announced and you know in July of 05 when they when they put it out it was it was a big deal and I, I'm not saying it wasn't but he goes on to say here the next turning point came in 2008 when the iPhone 3G came along with the Android powered G1 and well quite honestly um, <laughs> no the Android had nothing to do with the, the next turning point but again the first iPhone, absolutely. It had um, it started the trend, and here's the key: it wasn't a. Oh my God! We have a mobile phone. We can listen to podcasts too. Well, we're already listening on iPods. So yeah. the functionality that happened was almost because remember there was no podcast app. Just just remember there was no podcast app in 2008. It was well, I thought the that the iPhone. iPhone, yeah, I thought the iPhone actually came out in two thousand seven. Didn't come out in two thousand. Uh, whatever year it came out, that yeah. would have been the year. Yeah. So um, I, you know, going. If his yeah, I remember right, it. Is, I don't know. Is yeah, I remember it at two thousand seven that it came out. But I mean, that's a minor point. But but yeah, I mean, just the fact that the the word Android uh, is mentioned here is uh, way off the mark. Android was barely a blip on the radar back then. So, you know, and even I was talking about phone. Android yeah. at that point. Yeah, it was you know, It was a really bad it. phone. That G1 was a horrible phone. So, yeah. So, and I have to laugh. He says, advertiser are finally listening. Advertisers have been listening. Uh, we've been running advertising. Big bucks being spent yeah. in podcasting. Big bucks. See, this tell, tells you how much he doesn't know about the space. The first advertising, I think I did one of the first, well, I may not have been the first, but I was doggone close between um, Dave Hamilton. He had a very early advertiser. Um, There was a few others. Todd, I had advertisers in my show in 2004. So I mean, it, I had okay, a way before you, you that were too. Technically, yeah. But you were technically radio first. I was. So but, you weren't doing. But I was yeah. selling that show. I was selling that show as a download um, way before podcasting started. 
So, I mean, it was part of my, it was part of my distribution, you know. Right. So I, I counted up all of the, you know, the, the radio side, the streaming side, and the download side. It all got pitched to the advertisers as a package. So, but, right. but yeah, I mean, it's, it's different. Well, so there again. I didn't run the same type of ads sure. that were common in the, in the podcasting space later on, you know, the whole host read stuff. I did do host reads, but they, they, they were usually pre-recorded. Um, so anyway, but you know, and, in in into his, to his credit, to Nick's credit here in, in 2014, the Apple standalone podcast app went native. So that was good. Mm-hmm. And, and of course talked about cereal, but you know, cereal helped visibility of the space, but let's be honest, cereal didn't bump global numbers. No, cereal bumped cereal's numbers, but the, the growth of podcasting, that's the thing that cracks me up is the growth of there's been a few spots that have had some bigger years than others, and actually had some years that you wouldn't have expected to have bigger years, but you know it's it's been a nice steady ongoing climb, and I think we're going to see a good year this year. I think we're actually going to see a, um, a you know a good bump in in listener numbers this year. So you know someone was saying that there's sixty something like. Well, you know, I estimate that the number of people listening to podcasts in the United States is is way above the Addison numbers. But, uh, you know, that's just my my line of sand. But I, I haven't read this whole story in detail yet. And to be honest with you, I have a hard time reading a lot of his articles because he is – he's in this, the East Coast bubble and he has refused to talk to – any of us that been in the space and he, you know, and he, I don't know, I guess, I guess we don't count as, uh, as players in his eyes. Yeah. Well, and I think, uh, this whole linkage up with HPO, which I've seen more and more articles coming out, linking up the Gimlet media folks as being the HBO of podcasting, uh, oh, keeps, break. keeps coming up over and over again. And I like Lex's comment here, but it really has nothing to do with what, he was talking about in the earlier paragraph here where Lex says, uh, we used to start every meeting explaining what a podcast was. Uh, now, Lex is the, is the chief revenue officer for Midroll. And he said, after Serial, we started meetings with a conversation about, um, you know, how Serial did it. So they kind of, kind of moved on from from uh, what a podcast was and and that is the clue right there of what serial did to the medium it gave more visibility to the medium it it got more media attention it got people more aware it didn't spike the medium at all as far as usage it still steadily climbed maybe it went up maybe one percent more because of all of the additional exposure that it got um but you know serial was a, a a blip on the radar um in actuality yeah, I, I agree. Um, but, yeah. you know, it, it, hey, don't get me wrong. I've been the one that said we need 100 more cereals. Yeah. yeah you know, I'm not. A I'm thousand more, actually. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> and then, and, it, and it, then it, that would cause an impact in the space. But one cereal right. and, and five, five, you know, five million downloads in a, what, a $30 billion download um, kind of, I'm just guessing what the total market of, of downloads was. Uh, in a given year, uh, and I don't know if that five million is over the entire lifespan of the series, which is I'm sure multi-year. 
uh, or if it's just one year. I, I, I don't know. There's no basis here put in the article. Um, and then in, I mean, he gets a little bit closer starting at about 2014 because I think that's when he got involved in the space uh, was in that time frame. <laughs> yeah. So well, he's got a better better understanding it from about 2014 um, up, up till today, I think. So I hope he got paid for his uh, article on Wired because, uh, you know, I, I, I'll be honest with you, I don't even read his newsletter anymore because there's... Yeah, I don't either. It's, yeah. uh, it's, it's in my opinion, it's, it's almost worthless. Yeah. So, yeah. I but, hate to uh, say it that, that way, but it's true. Yeah. Oh, Todd, I'm going to be joining you guys on the IAB here soon, so... Oh. Yeah. Oh. Because Welcome Blog to the Talk jungle. Radio, yes, Block Talk Radio has a has a membership, and we're we're now officially a uh, joined company. You know, everything is all official now. Mm-hmm. So we're so Francesco is the president of the company, and he's taking taking charge. So, gotcha. Things are happening. So, how come they haven't been involved in the measurement committee up to this point? Uh, I can't really answer that. That was prior to the completion of everything. So things are changing over there, and and we're going to be getting involved more. Yeah. Good, 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 good. Need another soldier. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> to bring in some weapons. Well, yes. Well, we're we're um, they're going to be doing the uh, review of the public comment period. So um, hopefully you're in the meeting. Hopefully you've got aligned and in, and you can be in that uh, that meeting that's happening next week. So oh, it is. Yeah, I did send an email to to Rena, uh, reaching out. Um, so we'll see if I can get get back on it next week. So yeah, that would, that would be a good one for you to be on, as because uh, I'm sure that meeting is going to be uh, it's going to be fun. <laughs> Well, I, you know, I'll be honest with you. I've been kind of uh, out of the loop this week. I'll be honest on everything that's been going on. I haven't read too many headlines. I've been keeping up with email, but I've uh, been pretty uh, down in the weeds with uh, you know company stuff. So, any any other things that have really stuck out and you know hit you in the face this week? I mean, it's. I mean, I agree with you, Todd. I've been pretty pretty head down and trying to get. Uh get things going with the company merger and things like that. So it's been, you know, but, but it was a fairly normal week. It, there wasn't really anything that really jumped out this week uh, as big big news that I, I, I saw online. So it's really, you know, it's just the typical stuff. There's an article that came out about how Gimlet is going to become the HBO of audio again and, I don't know, in Variety. So that whole uh, topic is still spinning. The journalists are all excited about that tie-in, which really, in a lot of ways, doesn't make a lot of sense. But, um, but it, it, I, it, I, it's I, a headline. It's a good I, one. I, I should have thought about. I that. guess it's a good. It's a good headline. It just doesn't doesn't have a lot of doesn't make a lot of sense to me. But that's just me. Um, and then. How audio killed the video stars. Another article was written like that. I mean, that's like a a flashback to two thousand five. <laughs> How audio killed killed the video, the video star. star. Yeah. How many articles have we seen with that headline on it? You know, but video. But okay. <laughs> so what's getting monetized more? Video. Yeah, I know. I don't uh, know why. I don't even know where this concept came from. Really. 
So it's kind of funny. It, it is kind of funny. They're, but, say, they're saying that audio is killing video, huh? Mm-hmm. Yeah, we all know just by by pure existence numbers. that we can listen a lot more than we can watch. Yeah. So it's just okay. But right. but uh, video is far more popular than audio on the scale. So just that's that will probably always be the case. If if any of you are uh, within striking distance of Phoenix, uh, my good friend Shaq Tomasi is holding a workshop, and um, oh. it's called uh, Podcasting It Yourself Workshop. It's happening on October 28th in Phoenix. Phoenix. Um, speakers include Chuck Tomasi, Joe Hogan, Jack Mangan, uh, Justin Neely, Keith Lane, Kevin O'Connor, Sherilyn Jones. A lot of these folks have been in the podcasting space a long time, and uh, I think you're gonna. I think they're gonna have a nice, nice little uh, day event. Well, you know, uh, Phoenix is one of those areas that actually has had a long history. Phoenix and San Diego have had long, long histories in being areas that have had a lot of online radio streaming um, companies. Um, Not so much radio per se, but online audio streaming companies have and still have, you know, like World Talk Radio, I think in San Diego, Phoenix um, has a there's just a bunch of kind of like the online radio companies uh, that, that are located down there. Uh, so it might be a good, good market for a podcasting, you know, event. Cause a lot of those companies are looking to do more and more podcasting. So anyway, so lower, uh, lower L O R E lower is being uh, adapted. Yeah. And, um, so Aaron Mankey's, uh, podcast has been, uh, been around a long time and achieves a huge success and mm-hmm. there he's going to be have a, a lore tv show oh on friday october 13th it's going to be on amazon prime oh awesome. so this is huge 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 and i tell you there's a guy that is um really deserving he's he's worked really hard on that show yeah no that's great to see that kind of success and yeah and it is into that that direction too. I mean, it's going to spread the word about podcasting. Yeah, and that's yeah. So that's what uh, we need it's a it's going to be a good one. So I'll definitely be checking that out. Yep. And uh, but the cool thing about that is, it's just another thing that you can watch on demand. You know, you don't have to uh, catch it on catch it live. You just load up Prime and and it's there. And I think, I mean, that kind of stuff's been going on for many years now. Um, and it's just, you know, you create great content and then it can be repurposed over into a, other other mediums. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's what we're seeing happen more and more. So, yeah. Well, well I want to talk a little bit about my visit to Podcast Detroit. Um, oh, I, yeah. I'll be honest with you, Rob. I was, I was pretty surprised. I... Um, I drove up to their studio, mm-hmm. and uh, it's kind of a, a, a nondescript, cool little building, and not even really attached to a to a strip mall or anything. And they've got uh, four studios um, inside, all soundproofed. They've got 
Wow, they at some one of the studios are handle like twelve people. I mean, it's it's really kind of uh, massive, and it was I was I was pretty shocked to be honest with you. Uh, but yeah, four separate studios, and um, I guess then from uh, you know they got a little place to hang out and food area. Um, they got PBR in the in the fridge, and that's kind of a long running joke with that with that team. But, um, you know, overall, um, you know, they've got an awesome thing going on over there. They've got like, oh, I think 90 podcasters that are something to that effect that are actually, um, um, that are producing over there. Hmm. So they're booked, you know, and, and basically they've got the door set up so that a producer has access to the building 30 minutes prior to his show air uh, recording time and 30 minutes after they've got uh, if the, the podcaster wants a producer um, they can actually have a producer uh, available and cost a little bit of money per hour for that mm-hmm. uh, but overall oh, it's a great space for um, for podcasters to be able to come in and not have to record in their home and um, it was uh, it was pretty cool and they're doing uh they're doing great, so it's it, it was amazing to me that they've got ninety plus shows that are um, that are recording. It's just uh, it really kind of blew me away. Yeah, I've been I've been noticing uh, more and more companies launching little recording studios in the big markets, you know, around the country. Um, you know, I know that um, Cadence um, Thirteen, which is formerly digital media um back in back in new york um they have now podcast recording studios in la and new york it it just seems like it's a trend in the space to to have have if you've got a big network or if you've got a big company that's involved in podcasting whether it's radio related or or not um the the setting up of these studios because one of the things that a lot of you know and i I think back to my days at, at, at podcast one, um, there's a lot of talent out there that doesn't want to go through the hassle of, um, getting recording equipment set up in their home or get, go through the whole hassle. They just don't know how to do it. And it's a big obstacle to getting those folks to actually do a show if they're, you know, a popular person that can build an audience. Um, so more and more of these companies are providing that resource, um, just for convenience reasons. And and it continues to to happen uh, more and more because of that. Um, I mean, it can be a big obstacle. I mean, I get asked probably a couple times a week, um, you know, in various major cities in the country, is there a you know a recording studio I can go in and do my podcast in, you know, and have a producer there that knows how to do the audio properly, and and they can just show up and do their show and. And this other person publishes it. It does seem like there's more and more services like this that are starting to pop up. Are you seeing that, Todd, as well? Well, you know, I, I to be honest with you, I was blown away by the number of shows that were recording there. That was the thing that kind of shocked yeah. me the most. Yeah, sure. And um, so, you know, you think about ninety. Not every not every one of those is a weekly show, but still. Ninety shows or ninety-five, ninety-six shows in and out uh, recording, and you know they've got quite an opportunity there um, to build a 
um, significant network and, you know, work on the advertising side and they really have, you know, because they're in that city and there's a, you know, enough mass, metropolitan mass, enough people, uh, they've got a, you know, great opportunity there to, um, to really make a great business. So I mm. think these folks that are doing these little studios have an opportunity to really grow something significant, but they have to, um, you know, they're going to have to figure a lot of it out, how they're going to do contracts, how the new revenue share, you know, how that is all going to work. Um, and if you're going to build on the studios, I think it's a good idea to kind of have some of that figured out uh, to begin with. And uh, just, you know, talking with them, they are, you know, they kind of had to learn this from the on the fly too. They had to kind of figure it out. And um, so I mm-hmm. could see some, opportunities for folks that do consulting to be able to go in and help these types of networks and help them grow and help them, uh, you know, get their shows monetized and all that. So, but, uh, yeah, I just, I was, I was, re- I went out of their jazz. I was just like, wow. So I was actually telling, uh, my team, if we ever, you know, decide to upgrade our office situation and, you know, if we hire very many more people, we're going to probably have to do that. But, I said, if we ever are going to go look for another place in the Columbus area, um, you know, maybe we pick a location that is uh, maybe it costs us a little more to be central, but get a little more floor space and have some studios for people to come in. If nothing else, to be able to use them, like you said, to not have to record in their home. The only challenge that you have with those types of arrangements is you got to figure out the security, be able to get people in. Mm-hmm. Not have to have someone there, you know, all the time. And uh, they worked it out through the lock on the door and programming it. So what time people get access to the to the building. So, but they have the whole building. They just they're not in like a um, you know an office center or something like that. Yeah. Hey Todd, I was looking through the um, the sponsorship package for the 2018 podcast movement conference, and they uh-huh. did kind of lists some some statistics from this past year's event. I, I don't know if we can talk about those or not. Um, have you seen those? I, I have, but I, you know, I basically told <laughs> Mackenzie get our sponsorship in now before it's gone, and uh, I knew what we wanted, and I didn't really read through it too much. So what, what were some highlights? Uh, well, the... The breakdown between male and female I thought was very interesting. It was um, 49% female and 51% wow. male. So that's, that's beautiful. That's that's actually, you know, we're getting close to the women taking well, over there. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, maybe they will. Good. No, well, I mean, there's, hey, there, Rob, Rob, there's Rob, more Rob, women Rob. in the world than, than, than men. So, yeah. Rob, you're married, right? Yes. Okay, so you already know they are in charge. <laughs> no, but just sheer percentage dominance, right? Yeah, yeah. No, I know. Believe me, they. I know all the advertisers think of them as as the one that makes all the decisions, right? So, yeah. <laughs> We're just minor well, I players. Men I are. think I think in most households the men get an allowance, you know, and <laughs> yeah, that's right. go to work. That's right. Go to work and slave, bring home your paycheck. 
and one other stat that was really interesting too is um, the attendees were from 49 states. So I don't know which state was the one that nobody came from, but uh, um, huh. and then then 19 countries. Wow. So yeah, that's interesting, huh? They give the attendance numbers. What's yeah. that? Did they actually did they tell what the head count was? Uh, they just said uh, 1,800. Is what they okay. said here, and they're expecting to have two thousand plus next year in two thousand eight. Let me surprised. Yeah, uh, it says the average number of downloads per attendee episode. Interesting. Uh, I thought that was interesting. Forty three percent. Forty three percent were from one hundred to a thousand downloads per per attendee. Um, wow. Twenty percent were from a thousand to five thousand, and five percent were from five thousand to ten thousand, and five percent were from ten thousand to fifty thousand, and another five percent mm. uh, over fifty thousand. So I guess we we indexed pretty high towards fairly popular shows here. Or people lied. <laughs> yeah, I don't know where that where these numbers came from either, <laughs> which is a whole other question, right? So. Yeah, but you know, if people were honest and said their real numbers, then you know, I I'm not I'm not surprised. I think those numbers probably could track out. Uh, yeah. The fifty thousand above, I think, would be well. You had some some good players there, so but sure. still, five percent more than fifty thousand is a lot compared to that audience size. Yeah, exactly. So, and then the. Categories represented by attendees, which I thought was interesting. Nineteen percent of them were business related. Um, That's a, yeah, and it looks like eighteen percent was society and culture. Ten huh. percent uh, was health and fitness, uh, and eleven percent was uh, on the education side. Now that's a pretty broad category. Um, and, and Todd, where we live, technology was only five percent. So I not guess surprised. Yeah, it's it does seem like you, uh, know the, you know the roots of podcasting come out of technology podcasts. So, uh, but, you can but see the two the two of the bigger categories aren't represented there. Yeah, uh, one of them is religion, right? Yeah, and then probably a, a combination of sports and comedy being pretty close to well, sports is definitely bigger than comedy, but yeah, so interesting that religion and sports they're not reaching those folks. Sports and recreation is only 4%, and comedy was only 2%. Yeah, I'm not surprised about the comedy one. Actually, I'm kind of surprised. Is there anything for religion at all in there? Uh, It's 4%. Yeah, see, it's just just, curious because, well, maybe it isn't uh, surprising because a lot of religious podcasts are done – uh, by volunteers at local, and, yeah, exactly. you know, at, at local church. There's no budget to send them to a podcasting conference, so. And they kind of, to some degree, they have their own conference. They have the NRB, so. That's so true. I don't know that all of them go to the NRB, but, um, but that's yeah. Uh, but that I'm glad it's back in. Uh, it's back Nashville. in the other location this year. We're, yeah, we'll yeah. be back. We're going back this year. It's because it's back in Nashville. If it was back in Florida, we wouldn't go back. Yeah. I, so, 
doing it in the uh, old Grand Old Opry area down there is definitely a better place for it. I agree with you. I, yeah. I don't think I'm I'm going back this year. I think we're okay. We're going to move on. I think you're pow. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we've got a big, you know, we've got a big religious base of our our customers are, you know, we've got a significant portion of our customers that are um faith based. So Yeah. Um it's just a show we have to go to. Well, and I think we are I mean, we may go back again. I just think this year I think we're going to take a break from it. Um so so who knows what what we'll do next year. But um, yeah, I'm kind of scared to see what my I'm incurring budget without planning a budget on conferences this year. So yeah, Barry's going to say, "Yeah, here's the bottom line on what you've committed us to, Todd." And we're going to go, "Oh." <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Yeah. It piles up fast. Well, that's Oh man, you know, it, you know, Vegas is the most expensive, you know, that just it just gets crazy going to Vegas. Well, Vegas and Austin are some of the two most expensive places to go for conventions. Mm-hmm. You know, the booth, the booth alone is you know fifty three hundred bucks or something like that. So, and then that's before you have airfare, hotels, food, transportation. Yeah. You know, shipping. You know, the shipping's a thousand bucks. It's it's crazy. Well, even. Even the National Religious Broadcasters Conference is, is a little expensive to to do as well. So that one is... Yeah, that none, of, none of them are cheap. Yeah, exactly. So I thought that those stats were interesting. You know, if you look at the date on the podcast movement stats, they track from 2014 is when the conference started. Both the, you and I were at that conference. There was like 500 people went to the very first one in 2014. Yep. And in 2015, it was about 1,100, so they had a big jump uh, right between first year and second year. And um, did, they, did they break out radio people in this report? They did not, no. no. Uh-huh. Hmm. I don't see any reference I didn't to... Ask, I, didn't, I didn't ask Seth how his, his sessions were attended at Podcast Movement either. I, didn't get, I wasn't even able to stick my head in their door and look. To see what type of attendance they had, I didn't see. I, I didn't personally see a lot. A lot of radio people there, but I saw some. So I think it's it's. I think we'll see more next year, and I think we'll see more the next the following year. I think it's just uh, it's just growing. Yeah, right and the, and radio companies are trying to figure out their their strategy, and and you know some of them are applying budget and most aren't that's the problem yeah you know they either they're doing the radio approach versus a podcasting approach and i hate to say it some of these old old guys don't get it so agreed um, yeah you know and that's and, and folks don't take that the wrong way it's the truth yeah uh, i mean that saying of a you know you can't teach an old dog new tricks well it, it applies in radio well, in a lot of ways, they they still think that they've got um, got the market um, tapped. You know, they've got you know their their numbers and research is showing that they're still reaching ninety three percent of the U.S. population with radio, uh-huh. um, which is which is probably still true. But um, the key thing is, well, how long is that going to last? Um, I think it's it's a matter of a few years, but I think that they're going to start to see a 
a significant fall off um, every year that goes goes by. So here, here I want anyone that's listening to the show, I want you to do an experiment. I want you to ask your kids the last time they listened to the radio, and then follow that question up with ask them last time they were listened to Apple Music or Pandora or Spotify or one of those other pieces. Ask them when was the last time they listened to that, and and then you all. Can Inform your own opinion on what the life viability of radio is. Yeah, I know what it is at my house. And then I then, get like yeah, Todd, and then the conversation shifts. Well, what's going to happen to that spectrum? <laughs> Where's that going to be baby. used in the future? Band, That's right, bandwidth. It's going to go to data. It's going to go to data. Yeah. Yes, yes, indeed, and that's some valuable RF spectrum too. At some frequencies that uh, have, uh, whew, they have some penetration, and meaning um, building penetration, so able to operate in some bands that over the air could be a viable medium for folks in rural America. Yeah, and that's 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 one thing that I think um, that needs to start being talked about is how how that radio spectrum can be uh, more effectively used in the long run. Um, so, Well, they own it. They'll convert it. That's what they'll convert their business to. But, you know, I, Rob, it's, you know, to be honest with you, um, every time I come visit my mom, I'm reminded of how many people in this country are on absolutely pathetic. No, so my sister has four kids, and they're all at home, uh, two going to college. College. Um, they're commuting, and then um, my mom lives. It's, it's a basically they build a house where she has uh, one half of one floor, and basically she has the same. Um, they build a massive home, uh, six thousand square feet essentially, and the it's three floors and the basement's finished, so that's where we get an extra two thousand square feet. But she's got a wing of the first floor and. Um, and then my sister and the kids take up the rest of the house and her husband. But the um, during the day, when the kids were at school, I was say, hey, hey, Mom, the bandwidth isn't so bad. She goes, oh, just wait. She says, uh, as soon as the kids cop get home, it'll just crate, it'll crater. And uh, sure enough, the kids popped, started popping home off the bus, and you know the, the bandwidth cratered. So um, my sister, instead of having HughesNet, uh, what she has done is each of the adult kids have an unlimited Verizon plan. They each have their own phone, an unlimited plan, and uh, they pay the big bucks for that. So they have uh, four phones in the house that have unlimited bandwidth, and then what they have over the air for a wireless type thing kind of supplements. But oh, yeah. they're held hostage here. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't know when that's going to change. You know, it's an economic thing, too. You know, a lot of these cable companies don't want to invest in markets that don't have, you know, if uh, I don't know why they don't invest. It, there must be some economics there that hold them back. Oh, it doesn't make it. It's, you know, because I found out the price to run the cable. And uh, to, to the, the closest cable that I can tap to get, um, you know, cable internet here is... A mile and three tenths away, and uh, the uh, company wanted uh, between twelve and fourteen thousand dollars to bring that cable a mile and three tenths. So, if I was living here, I, I would, I would lay down. I just use, I'd write it off. I'd pay for it. 
mm-hmm. and you have it uh, brought in. But I'm not living here, so obviously I'm not going to do that. But yeah. um, you know, from you know, you and I, we live in bre- Dion bandwidth, so oh, yeah. um, it you know it, it would have to be done. But uh, it's just a pure economics, and there's you know, obviously I could probably if I paid for that, then I would uh, go up down the street and get all these folks that are on this street and say, hey, you guys want to chip in? I, I I told them to do that. I said go to every neighbor. Say chip in a thousand bucks, and we'll have broadband brought down the street. But mm-hmm. you know, uh, that's a tough in ask. this community. Yeah. In this community, there is uh, you know people are not living on a hundred thousand dollars a year. In this community, people are living on thirty thousand dollars a year. So yeah, yeah. There's you know, not the a lot of situation. There. Yeah, there's not a lot of headroom. No, be no, doing no. that. Yeah, no, not a you know exactly. Well, Todd, are you wanting to call it oh, a call top, it a yeah. day? We're already uh, at an hour here. Yeah, and I've uh, we're off. Uh, we're off on a little adventure this afternoon. So, um, yeah, I'm enjoying the fall colors here. It's not quite turned yet, but another two weeks would be perfect. But, mm-hmm. um, but I'll be back in Hawaii on Monday, so we'll be back to a regular schedule next week and uh, live videos. So, okay, but. Awesome. Uh, Folks, I hope you enjoyed our rambling today. If you want to reach me, you can reach me, Todd, at Blueberry.com, or follow me on Twitter at Geek News. Yeah, and you can find me, Rob, at uh, Spreaker.com or Rob at RobGreenlee.com, and I'm on Twitter at Rob Greenlee as well. And uh, those are the best places to, to reach me. So send me a note, and we definitely want to hear from you. So, And if we can hear something from you that you happen to hear about that's uh, kind of breaking out there or something that you think is controversial or something like that and what's happening in the space, we'd love to hear about it so we can uh, discuss it on the show. And we've got a new chat room at newmediashow.com forward slash live. So feel free to come over and join the chat room. I'm paying for this one. So uh, it's it's 25 bucks a month. Uh, So we will – yeah. So, uh, yeah, not a cheap, uh, cheap dealio here, but it works on mobile phones and has some social stuff tied to it. I tell you what, if you want it, if someone wants a business, that's the business. Build a incredible chat system and you'll make a lot of money. So I just gave away a business idea. So <laughs> Todd, you should get on that. Yeah, <laughs> uh, we've got enough podcasting stuff to worry about. I know, yeah. You know, the same same boat over here, too. So, but anyway, I mean, it is part of a bigger solution. I think um, having audience engagement with your show is really important. But it's only, I mean, it's it's great if you're doing live, but it's it may be right. a, a little less important if you're only doing on-demand stuff. Yeah, so. if you're doing on-demand, it's, you know, it's really not even a, yeah. you know, it's not worth even doing, so. Yeah, yeah. But, uh yeah. Anyway, everyone, thanks for being here, and we'll see yeah. you next week, next Saturday on the new media show. Everyone take care. Yeah, take care, everybody. Bye.